Announcement. The revolution will not be televised. I repeat, the hemp revolution will not be televised. Welcome to the Hemp Revolution Podcast, the global hotspot for the buzz and the cannabis. Hear the secrets of the green rush from the dreamers who are writing the rules, innovating business, and changing history forever. Immerse yourself with the fascinating stories from the leaders in the hemp health revolution to learn how we are changing the game. Now here's your hosts, James Brinkerhoff and Sonia Gomez. What's up, guys? Sonia Gomez coming to you from Denver, Colorado. Super excited to be here on another Rock Your Socks episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast, where we are sharing and telling the real story of the cannabis from the cannababes and gem- and gentlemen who are pushing this incredible industry forward. Not without its challenges, this industry is the fastest growing cash-rich industry in the world right now. And I'll tell you what, there is some things to watch out for. But if you are a person looking for products that you can depend on to deliver the results you're looking for, check us out at medicalsecrets.com. And if you're an entrepreneur looking for merchant processing or banking, perhaps you need a stabilized supply chain or a trusted source for distribution, maybe you are just looking to get on the other side of this compliance nightmare, we can help. Check us out at theemeraldcircle.com for all of the tools, tips, tricks, resources, and relationships that you need to blow through the glass ceilings and brick walls of this industry. In today's episode, we are going to be sharing another boss babe story, a woman who brings a unique approach to the industry due to her deep knowledge of brand and product development. In the last year alone, she has conceived more than a dozen CBD brands and deployed over 50 products from basic sublingual tinctures to more complicated pharmaceutical grade facial creams and CBD infused nitro cold brew coffee and tea. Isaacson has a knack for not only understanding what her clients want, but what their customers desire. In recent months, she was the keynote speaker for a national CBD expo, which had over 13,000 in attendance and is a 2019 Women in Business nominee of the year for SRQ Magazine. Isaacson co-owns Second and Seed, the most award-winning CBD shop in Sarasota, Florida. Syncron, is that how you say that? Yep, Synchron. Okay, Synchron Biosciences, a boutique-style private and white-label manufacturing company, and Bogart Labs, an international concierge-style equipment manufacturing company for the hemp and marijuana industries. Isaacson graduated with a Bachelor of Arts from Ellis College located in New York City, and... She got into the industry due to her own health conditions, chronic migraine syndrome, and her story is pretty intense on how the syndrome started and how it affected her life and ultimately led her in to this incredible space to help more lives transform through the brands and products that she was in support of developing. Super excited to introduce you to our guests for today. Put your hands together and literally welcome our good friend, Shelby Isaacson. How's it going, Shelby? Great. You make me sound so fancy. Wow. Could you do that every morning for me? <laughs> yes. I'm your local pep talker. Don't worry about it. Uh, yes. 
I'm super excited to be here. I'm, I love to talk shop. So anytime I get a chance to be able to chat with other like-minded individuals, it's literally I'm a kid in a candy store. Well, when I was doing my research on you and I started to read through some of the things that you had accomplished and things that you were up to, I was like, okay, well, way to put the rest of us to shame. Have your hands in everything I see. So why don't you quick and dirty tell everybody who you are, what your background is and how you ended up in this crazy industry? Well, basically, I am a multi-passionate entrepreneur. I really have a background in uh, public relations and marketing. That's kind of what I did prior to getting into the industry. Um, About four years ago, I was actually, because I'm type A, doing a practice run on how long it was going to take me to get to this new job that I had at the largest agency here in Southwest Florida. And on the way, I dropped my son off at school and was driving down a road. I drove down all the time and I got a sharp pain in my head. And I ended up passing out while driving and I drove two whole blocks. The worst part about it was that I ended up having my four-year-old daughter in the car at the same time. And I was almost went through an intersection. And for whatever reason, I went and I hit the curb and I put my foot on the brake before I hit a power pole. Um, probably the scariest thing that's ever happened to me in my whole life because I had never been a headache person before that. I was an athlete all through school. Um, always just the, the very you know outdoor style lifestyle. I'm from the Pacific Northwest originally, so mm-hmm. you know pick your poison as to what type of water you're playing in. Mm-hmm. Um, and from that day, I I'm trying to think about how to explain it because it is kind of it's shocking every time I think about it. Um, I didn't know my daughter was in the back seat until she said hi. And I truly tried hard to not lose my cool because I didn't know what had happened. I went to the emergency room that day. And from that day forward for about six months, they were thinking that I had MS or lupus or um, something really significantly, um, a big issue. After a few months of testing, my neurologist gave me anti-epileptics and muscle relaxers. And he um, was like, get on, you know, go on your merry You can go. So I lived that way in this new job as the public relations and social media manager of this company I was working for. I was freaking zombie. And every few months I'd go in, they'd increase my doses to the point where I felt like I was not myself. I was a shell of a person. Um, you know, the, the, I didn't know if I was going to be able to go to the soccer game on Saturday because I might still have a migraine. Um, it was scary, needless to say. So after a few, a little over a year of doing that and dealing with that, I started looking for alternatives. And I saw that um, hemp was helping people with epilepsy. And being that I was taking an anti-epileptic and I lost a relaxer, I figured I might as well try it. And within six weeks, I was off all of the medications and finally felt like myself again. It was honestly a, a miracle in my eyes. Because I had that marketing background, I really started thinking about how I could share not only my story, but be able to impact other lives as positively as mine has been impacted. So I started with different CG products. I found one that I felt like really um, made a big um, impact. And then I tracked down the owner of that company. Needless to say, he's now my business partner. And we're rocking and rolling in almost every aspect of the industry. We're going to move slowly into um, extraction at some point, but I always joke it's easier to say what I don't do rather than what I do do. 
because of the fact that there's just, there's so much opportunity. There's so much um, out there that we could be doing as entrepreneurs, but also being able to control the story is something that's always been really important to me, being able to control the heritage of the products that I produce. Hence why I am one busy mama. Uh, Yeah, to say the least. First of all, thank you for sharing your story, how intense and, you know, being a mom myself, I've had blackout moments where you're just like, what the fuck just happened right now? (laughs) I'm almost certain that I don't remember the last six blocks. (laughs) And but for me, that was all that's ever only ever been induced by stress and certainly not that type of blinding, you know, pain. Um, I'm so sorry you had to go through that. And at the same time, isn't it isn't it strange that some sort of like earth shattering circumstance has to bring us into our consciousness and awareness and somehow put us on a path that we never expect to be on? I mean, if if you would have been asked five, six years ago, if you would be, you know, pioneering or be as heavily involved in the cannabis and hemp movement as you are right now, what would have been your answer? I probably would have laughed. Um, <laughs> I've always been pretty straight edge, so to speak. So like, I've never even smoked a cigarette in my life. So I did going into the cannabis industry definitely wasn't what I thought it would be. Um, but I can tell you that I feel incredibly empowered and I'm so glad that I took the risks I did and took the chances and really followed my heart because I've seen incredible things happen. Um, we have this one product that we've created that's a CBD, CBG blend. And there's this little girl who's level two autistic, um, considered to be nonverbal. She's a twin and she actually had a stroke while in utero within like less than 90 days of taking this product, she started talking. And um, being that I'm in public relations, of course, I wanted to get an interview with somebody with this amazing story and this mom. And this little girl, Clara, was watching herself on TV and her mom was recording her reaction to it. And Clara looks right into the video and says, way to go, guys, way to go. And this girl didn't even babble before. And uh, now she talks on a regular basis. And I constantly, on those like low days of entrepreneurship, thinking like, I'm, I'm helping a lot more Claras than I realize. And, you know, initially I started out in a very selfish way of like wanting to know where my products were coming and what I was taking. But now knowing that I'm positive, positively impacting children and elderly and my peers is incredibly exciting. I'm just over here with my mouth hanging open. I I usually ask a question specifically around like when the times get tough, what keeps you, you know, getting up in the morning and going after it. And so big up to Clara. That's, yeah. that's a very sweet story. Um, yeah. Why don't you take a couple minutes? Cause you, you have your, you have your hand in multiple areas of this business. You're, you're certainly not just handling one piece of this. Why don't you describe a little bit about your business model? What are the facets of this industry that you are serving right now? Um, and what are your key roles in those companies? Well, see, my business partner started out um, importing machinery from China. So that's really been the basis of our industry or our business in, in general. And the fact that we can produce a concierge style um, 
opportunity of filling lines and product packaging, that kind of thing. Um, it's been really interesting because I don't really have a machinery type background, but being able to better understand how these products are produced, I think is really important because there's a lot of misconception in education, not just from um, entrepreneur to entrepreneur, but you know, to the general public too. So with that, I really help support and um, keep the marketing aspect of that going. Um, we also have Synchron Biosciences, which we launched not too long ago because of the fact that I had been taking a product um, that was not ours, that I saw the certificate of analysis and saw how much, that there was a bunch of carcinogenics in it. And it freaked me out so bad that I was like, nope, we're going to produce all of our own products. Um, so when we did that, we have hired a chief scientist. We have several different techs in there. And it's really supporting the day-to-day process of that and collaborating. We have people that will come to us and say, oh, I really want to get in the pet industry, but I don't really know how hemp can potentially help that or what a brand would like, or you know, I just know that I want it to be treats, whatever it ends up being. Um, and then I come in and I'll develop a whole brand from nothing for them when it comes to the identity, the brand story, which is just as important as the product itself, but understanding that we can collaborate with our the lab that we own, um, I think is really important. One thing that I felt like was really a confirmation when I was at MJ BizCon last week was that they were saying, we got to start thinking beyond hemp and beyond CBD when we're creating these high-end products and adding other types of botanicals, whether that's melatonin in the sleep product or um, glucosamine for something with joint pain, but understanding that there needs to be a strong story in order for you to stand out on this market. So that's really my jam, what I love to do. Um, We've developed multiple brands for national companies, and then we have several of our own brands that we sell um, wholesale. And then we also sell them in our brick and mortar location um, here in Sarasota called Second and Seed. Part of why I love that having a brick and mortar is that I can do a lot of R&D when I'm thinking about new products and seeing how the market will accept them as a whole. Because this area is very, um, there's a level of echelon, I guess, to Sarasota. So if it, if it does well here, I can know that it can definitely do well um, on a national level. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's really good. And it helps us understand why you chose to do the things that you're doing right now. Um, share with me a little bit about your store. You guys are award-winning. Um, I'd love to find out what you guys are doing differently than you think, than, you know, what is happening with your competitors. Why are you getting the recognition? There's CBD stores all over the place, more popping up every single day, similar to the brand situation, more popping up every single day. Um, But there's only a few who are being recognized, uh, you know, as the top. You guys are one of those folks. What do you think you're doing differently that sets you apart from your competition? Well, I think there's a couple things that really sets us apart from our competition. One is that the store itself has a whole brand identity. It's second in seed. It looks like a vintage apothecary. It's in a 1925 Spanish colonial building. So the vibe is very um, trendy, but classic. It's not something that's put in a strip mall. It's a standalone type building and like a little quad um, building, but it's not your regular run of the mill. You know, you slap some 
beadboard up on the back wall and a logo and put some shelves up. Like it's really supposed to be a high end comfortable place for people to come in. We're also um, education first, sales second, where a lot of people want to push different sales and specials and things like that. Well, we're more about come in, chat with one of our team members, learn about what this is doing for other people. Um, we're really big on pushing people to do their own research. So we'll share with them a few um, different locations as to where to look and what to look for when they're doing their own Googling. You know, Dr. Google is very busy. Um, but being able to kind of shift people in the right direction and tell them what trusted websites to look at and things like that. Um, I think also the big thing that we're really involved in our community as a community service. We try to find those like-minded nonprofits in our area and whether it's sponsoring an event for them or donating an auction item, I think those things really show that we're an institution here to say that we're not another pop-up. Um, because they, like you said, a lot of them are popping up everywhere. But being able to show that we want to be a pillar in this community is significant. I also think that it comes down to finding out who your local media is. Not just like what publications are, but the individuals that actually write about your beats, the health and wellness beats, um, you know, fitness. We have somebody here that writes a lot about fitness, um, you know, food, those types of things. And being able to be of service to them without them having to ask. So introducing yourself, whether that's over coffee or a quick email, and then looking months ahead and being able to say like, oh, look, it's National Guacamole Day. Oh, I actually have a really cool recipe that uses my hemp cooking oil. Would you like me to send you a sample? That kind of thing. So constantly being ahead of their deadlines is really huge. But if they are on deadline, calling them back instantly um, has really allowed us to rise above our competitors, I think, 100%. I'd love to hear the things that you're doing, um, you know, with with uh, social equity, how you're giving back to your community beyond, you know, raising awareness. And it's the little things that make the biggest difference. Um, And one of the things I recognize in in the industry as a whole is that people are really stuck on the question, like, what are you giving back to your community? And they're like, what do you mean? Like, (laughs) what what is that? Um, We have a 20% discount that we offer. And I'm like, man, um, we have such an incredible potential to show how generous this industry can be. Um, And the people who are a part of this industry, where a lot of, I think, other industries are lacking or or only lining each other's pockets, um, this industry Mm -hmm. tends to be a lot more generous. And not everybody thinks about... Actually, I'm going to say this, but don't get mad. Actually, you can get mad if you want to, but, um, um, you know, I recognize that the women owned businesses or the, or the companies that have C-level executives and, or decision makers, um, who are women always have some sort of social equity built into their company. And I'm not trying to be, you know, sexist or anything, but I am making an observation after talking to hundreds of business owners that, uh, this is certainly a theme. I'm starting to recognize the theme here. So why don't you share a little bit about how you guys are giving back to your community? What are the, what are the special things that you do, um, that, that show your community we're successful and we want our community to be successful with us? 
Well, it really comes back to my roots of marketing and PR. I had a, I have and had a, an amazing female entrepreneur mentor. Um, and one of her things that she had discovered in her industry, her dollars go a lot farther, farther in marketing if she targets it closer to nonprofits. So for us, one of the biggest things is that rather than spending a bunch of money on ads and billboards and those types of things, we're taking those dollars and we are donating it in lieu of you know a, a print ad. Or we'll go and if somebody... like we, We're a really artsy town. Um, we have a lot of theaters here. So when theater season shows up, I make sure that we are in the programs because that money goes directly to funding all of those different plays. But also, we're getting a lot of impressions of people that have that level of liquidity that could afford our types of products. We also sponsor a lot of Little League type things, um, school events, try to just really be available whenever it's needed. We donate a lot of products to local charities because I find that that's also a nice passive way. Um, and we are part of the local festival scene too. So if there's a cool festival that we feel like our target market's at, we'll go put up a booth and do like infused snow cones. We've done that a couple of times and then take that money and we, we give it back to a local nonprofit. And that's kind of part of how we're, um, trying to keep our dollars. Um, because we still have a lot of startup lifestyle. I would say like we're the pimply teenager, like we're not quite a startup, but we're also not as mature adults. Um, but being able to kind of be there in it and acknowledging that we're not perfect, but we're trying to be a part of all of this. Love, love, love. I'm just, I love that it's being thought about now and not later, you know, and Mm -hmm. um, I wish there were more communities, more ways. I, I mean, I see a lot of people at farmer's markets and festivals and those are that sort of low hanging fruit, but the cut above is like when you give back to a charity after after the fact and you're not like yeah we crushed at this event you know know, but you actually like give back to give back to some of the charities because it's a struggle and you know in the spirit of that um especially over the holiday season i've been doing a lot of research on like what are the organizations that we should be volunteering at right and i i have been obsessing about this human trafficking um epidemic that's happening right now we are literally that that in itself is like, I mean, the most absurd thing you would... Once you start to research and, and check out this whole thing about human trafficking, sex slaves, you know, the child object... I mean, the whole thing is just insane. Parkable. <laughs> it's, it's just... It, it renders me speechless, literally. So, you know, watching these things, watching these documentaries and reading these papers and things I'm finding out where the hubs are and I was like man I just got to give back I want to I want to go and volunteer my girls are old enough now I want to take them to go and volunteer and there is really very few places like when you're searching around um, that show you like yeah you can pop in volunteer here like it's just generic opportunities and so I was talking with one of my friends who also owns a manufacturing company and I said you know it'd be really great is if we could sponsor you know, women, um, or people, because both men and women are, you know, fall victim to this terrible, um, you know, global challenge right now. And, um, 
we talked about sponsoring people who were had been rescued and were rehabilitating and the PTSD and the stress and the anxiety and the, you know, um, insomnia that they're experiencing because of what they've, you know, just come through is treacherous and it's such a long road to recovery. Um, but I'm, I'm getting really super involved with the anti-human trafficking, you know, movement. And so, um, I think in 2020, I I shared with you that a lot of my goal is going to be more oriented around empowering the women, bringing us together towards bigger causes, finding out how these, you know, knowing what we know about these incredible products and the accessibility that we have, finding real, you know, um, causes and charities and, you know, organizations that we can start to put our time and our energy, but also products too, um, knowing that we can make such a big difference um, for, you know, people who would otherwise not have the education, let alone the access to these types of products. Um, Shelby, what a, you know, all of the things that are incredible about companies don't come without blood, sweat, and tears. Um, I think a lot of the folks that listen to us on our show, are always looking for, you know, relatability in the sense that they're, if they're already a business owner, they're like, Oh yes, me too. Somebody else is having that same struggle. Um, whereas in the budding entrepreneurs who are listening, they're looking to avoid many of the pitfalls and challenges that come along with being in this new and exciting industry. Can you share a little bit about what the challenges have been for you um, in grow, starting and growing your business? I think the biggest thing is, um, getting drowned, like drowning yourself in the opportunity. Um, if I went and did it again, I definitely wouldn't be as honestly diversified as I am because I really feel like the riches are in the niches and really probably focusing on one or two main things. I think it's important, you know, just because we can do it all doesn't mean that we need to do it all at once. Um, and I think That's finding true. that balance, I think one of the things too that I've really learned is authenticity is everything. Um, just because your buddy's doing it in the industry, if you don't really genuinely believe in it, people aren't going to believe you and that's going to impact your bottom line. Um, so really just like finding what your genius is and collaborating with those and what their geniuses are. I think is really um, something that we could all do better. And that's kind of how I've been able to get as far as I've gotten in such a short amount of time is that I am never afraid to say, I don't know. I'm never afraid to cry about it (laughs) and then move on and find that person that does know. And that person that, you know, I light them up because of the fact that I'm honest and being like, Hey, this is not my talent, but this is what I need. Are you interested? And a lot of times when they see that they have an opportunity to grow and do what they love, it just reverberates out um, in all aspects of business. What I hear you saying is simplicity is key. And I, I use the term all the time, the riches are in the niches. I think a lot of people mm-hmm. miss the boat feeling like hemp and cannabis mm-hmm. is for everybody, which it is. But if you're not talking to somebody, then you're not really reaching anybody. You know, and it's really hard to craft a brand to meet a marketplace and create messaging that communicates effectively with the demographic if you're not really clear about those things up front. Um, You're also in brand development, right? Yeah. 
Like, love that stuff. So, <laughs> I could do that all day long. I would. That would be my fit. Yeah. Anyway, oh, I so. love it. Um, so, so let's talk about it for a second because I think you know a lot of people are are getting ready to go through. The industry is going through somewhat of a cleanse right now, and a lot of people are getting ready yeah. to clean house with it, right? Whether that means creating a new image for their brand or, you know, really starting to laser in on who they're actually targeting or whatever, whatever adjustments need to be made. Um, you know, how do you advise people when they're putting their brand together um, to, or how do you direct them to get focused? Like what are some of the key things somebody needs to know when they're selecting a demographic to go after? How do you advise them on that? Um, I make them name the person they're going after first and foremost, because I think being able to personify um, a thought really changes a lot of the perspective and how you react. Um, I really focus a lot on the EQ over the IQ in the sense of the emotional intelligence over the intellect. Um, so being, giving people the opportunity to really think about, you know, what's the why behind it. You know, Simon Sinek is definitely somebody that inspires me a lot and his concept of understanding the why behind any sort of buy and being able to get to that. And then on top of it, also acknowledging the fact that um, because emotions are so key, what are you trying to tap into? What emotions are you trying to evoke in your ideal client for this product? And then really focusing around that. I typically say you can't have more than three um, and just keeping circle back to those. You know, Danielle Laporte has a whole program called the Desire Map, and it's all about like the fact that we don't run a race because we want to run thirteen point one or whatever miles. We run it because we want to feel the sense of completion and self honor, and really focusing on whatever that word is for you. It's the same thing with a brand. So, what are you really trying to say here with this product? Not just and what's in the bottle or in the jar, but what are you trying to say with the outside? I mean, social media has evolved, uh, helped our whole world evolve so much, but even more in marketing because we visually look at something and decide whether or not we're going to commit the time to read it. So it's got to be able to hit a lot of different senses very quickly. Does it look good? Does it feel good? Does it feel like how I want to feel? And then at that point, people will pick it up and potentially read your product, whether it's on the shelf or you know through some sort of online advertising. It's got to look good. So true. What do you, um, <clears throat> do you design differently for retail versus online uh, distribution? I think that um, I'm seeing quite a bit of contrast in the brands that are designed specifically for offline distribution or retail setting versus the people who are just going to you know, blast it through e-commerce. Is there a difference? Um, and There definitely is a difference. And what yeah. is it? So I think a lot of it has to do with exterior packaging. You know, you're not going to want to put something in a awkward round container and then put it in a, like a paper tube and something, and then send it in the mail. But if it's something that's going to sit on a shelf, it definitely needs to be um, more eye-catching, knowing that you're going to be up against a bunch of different SKUs, whether they're your own SKUs or somebody else's SKUs. Um, I also just find that a lot of things when it's online, they're more likely to put it into like a PET um, plastic or uh, rather than glass because glass is so much more expensive to ship. But it also goes back to what your brand story is and what 
the emotions are that you're trying to evoke. You know, glamour is supposed to be one of the big things this next year. So glam is also going to be in packaging. So we might find that we'll be increasing some of our shipping costs in order to make that bottom line sale. I'm so excited about glam and beauty. My background is I worked with the Paul Mitchell organization for so long. And like, if I could be your Barbie dream girl, like (laughs) I would sit around Mm -hmm. in my Malibu castle all day doing makeup. And like, (laughs) I'm not kidding. Makeup and hair is like my thing. I love dress ups. If that's all I had to do all day, that would be me. Um, In my mind, I'm like, not a skinny Instagram model, but like a voluptuous, hot to trot. Mm -hmm. Instagram model with fabulous CBD makeup. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. If you need help branding that, let me know. Okay. Um, <laughs> you guys heard it here first. There's a collaboration in the works. <laughs> but I'm so into that. And I'm so excited to see it breaking through the mainstream. Like, I really think it's going to change what we're seeing. You know, a lot of the things that we're seeing on YouTube right now has everything to do with this huge makeup movement. And it's all, it's all about freedom, freedom, right? We're seeing men in makeup. We're seeing women in makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, I myself, like, I got a bunch of melanin spots on my face when I got pregnant. And I've been using these CBD serums and they're virtually gone. And I'm like, my face is back to normal. I'm not quite a porcelain doll, but you know, I'm also not 17 anymore. So that's okay. Mm-hmm. But like these skincare products coming up with CBD, I am so excited about them. And I'm not going to say much more because all of you guys who are listening are probably going to want to steal my ideas. So let's move right along. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> I'm definitely curious though you know, going into the beauty glam industry is that we're not going to just be competing with, you know, ourselves, so to speak of hemp, we're going to have to somehow come up with a compelling enough messages to be able to get that extra $20, $30 compared to, you know, the fact that like, Oh, I've always used, you know, Mac or whatever. Now all of a sudden you want me to spend how much more just so I could get CBD in it? Like, what is that really going to do? And, you know, is it something that's, viable like can can the demand withhold all these products that are going to show up yeah well i mean that's true across the board right we're not going to just be meeting with ourselves in in you know glam or like feminine products or whatever but like big business is coming in here really soon and they're already Mm -hmm. starting to flex their muscles through fda and ftc through disha you know all agencies which are about 80 percent funded through big pharma so um, to say they don't have an ulterior motive would be stupid. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, at the same time, I think that there's, you know, simultaneously this movement of independence and freedom happening where a lot of folks are looking more towards, you know, the brands and products that are independently owned and operated separate from the conglomerates. Um, and there's this this um, idea of of serving and feeding local is mm-hmm. I think resurrecting with our new generation. So I mean I'm 35 right now, so I'm kind of on the cusp. And the generation of, ahead of me, um, you know, was totally bought into you know 
big industry and and what the government mm-hmm. had to say we sort of broke the mold and you know started to integrate and get become more educated and now this generation coming up behind us or the the next two generations coming up behind us i think are a lot more economically um and sustainable sustainability aware they are certainly breaking chains um and you know they're they're the Khaleesi um from uh, from Game of Thrones, like this next generation, this the seventeen to twenty four year olds right now are the the breaker of chains, if you will, of our of our era. And I think we're gonna. I think we'll see a lot more commitment and um, you know demand for locally owned and operated formulated products. That's my that's my projection, but there's always going to be that big business battle that we're up against. Yeah, um, yeah. Shelby, what would be knowing what we know now? Um, you know, having owned and operated, and you know, bled and sweat and cried through this industry, and also you know, had a few fun times too. There's a lot. Obviously, we're not crazy enough to be gluttons for punishment. There's a lot of reward that comes along with this incredible industry. Knowing what we know now, what in the, in our segment of words of wisdom today, what would be some of the key pieces of advice that you would offer a budding entrepreneur or fellow business owner to help them make these quantum leaps um, in this industry to stay relevant, to you know get a foothold if they're just getting started, and more importantly, to avoid the pitfalls that come through. Collaboration is 100%. I think what excites me about this industry is that we're all arm in arm together, really trying to lift up the whole thing. So I think finding people that are at least a step or two ahead of you that are willing to share their knowledge or at least tell you that's a really stupid idea when you need somebody to be your voice of reason. Um, I think it's super important. I think having podcasts like this one and some of the other, you know, weekly and daily publications that are out there that are trusted for our industry, I think are really important. I think that's a huge part of everybody's education right now. Um, Really understanding what a certificate of analysis is, I think is huge. There's still so many people out there that don't quite understand what they're looking at or how the formulations work or the math works on those. Um, Finding trusted sources you know, if you're creating a new product and you are trying to find a somebody that's willing to manufacture it for you, make sure that they're GMP um, certified, that they're FDA inspected, that they're trying to self-regulate because there's so many people out there that are still making stuff in their kitchens, so to speak. And that's all fine for R&D when you're like trying to figure out your own personal swing on it. Um, if you're a small guy, but knowing that when you go to the the masses that people are taking your product instead of, you know, high grade pharmaceuticals and things like that. So really understanding that you have to have a high level of integrity in everything you do. And if you don't know the answer, find the answer, ask the answer. If you don't have the solution, seek this another solution because they're, they're out there, but just doing this to get out there and make money. I think you're going to find a lot of frustration in this industry far more rewarding if you're looking at it from a multifaceted payment. I could not agree more. 
I look at this industry as an opportunity for collaboration instead of competition. And although there is a healthy amount of competition, um, there is also a healthy opportunity for us to collaborate so that as an industry, especially while we are a self-governing industry, we are raising the bar on how we conduct ourselves and our businesses um, in order to create you know, the conditions for success as an industry. Uh, I think, um, so I'll just piggyback off of what you said to, to add to the words of wisdom here. Um, you know, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And I was reading this book, the four agreements uh, recently, and there is the first, the first of the four agreements is be impeccable with your word. Um, I think that there is quite a bit of, you know, hope that is driving how we sell our services and products. And I've even been guilty of this myself, hoping that I could figure out, you know, how to duplicate my own results on behalf of somebody else and tapping into that quote unquote service based aspect of the industry, which, you know, at at first go didn't did not go the way that I thought it was going to go. And I really had to reach out to I had to first humble myself and reach out to my collaborative partners and friends, people who are a little bit further ahead of me, in order to find out what I did not know, and to really get you know, the direction and guidance and support that I needed to not only fix things on behalf of the client, but empower me as I moved forward into the things that I'm doing. And since then, I've become, you know, one of the top referral um, partners for, you know, specific aspects of this industry. And I'm a trusted voice when it comes to directing traffic. Um, But that takes a lot of it, a lot of work, and it takes humility to be impeccable with your word and to be in integrity with the things that we say we can do um, and and actually following through with those things so that we become an asset instead of a hindrance in, in this network. Through and through, no matter how big we get, this is a relationship business. So you, you know, you have to know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy to get access, just like you did when you were buying your weed on the street corner. You got to know a guy. And if you look like a cop, they're not going to talk to you. <laughs> so the similar, <laughs> similar energy here, if, the, if the, you build a reputation as a fraud or somebody who's overselling and under delivering, it's not going to work out well. Um, and everybody's been guilty of it. But the the you know the the real challenge is to find the humility to admit when we're wrong to find the answers when we don't know them to not try and sound smart but to be intelligent about how we are advising and supporting one another and again finding ways to collaborate instead of compete. There's going to be even if somebody's offering the same things, you're gonna there's going to be unique differentiators about you and your services that make you the desired person to go with. And you can't be operating from fear. You have to be operating from a place of wanting to solve problems instead of wanting to, um, you know, make the money because the, the revenue is a direct result of the value that you're bringing into a marketplace and how much your scalability depends on your, your ability to leverage, to use leverage and build trust into your into your customer base. So my words of wisdom for you guys is to read the four agreements again, 
It's a very quick, you know, potty read. While you're on the pot, you can literally read the entire book. And um, it's it's just an incredible basis to grow from when it comes to how you engage and interact first from a human relation point and then second from a business relationship point of view. Um, so I love the spirit of collaboration. Really appreciate you using that as you know, the basis of things because the rest of it... I love Marie Forleo too, just wrote a book called Mm -hmm. Um, Everything is Figure Outable. And it's so true. But if you're left on your... If you are by yourself trying to figure it out, not only is it lonely, but you're probably going to continue to be a product of your own best thinking, which forgive me for saying so, is not always a good thing. (laughs) So so those are my words of wisdom. Shelby, I hope you had an amazing time with us today. I really enjoyed listening to you and I'm really excited to celebrate a lot of the success that you guys have coming down the pipeline. Where can folks find you if they are interested in working with you or any any one of your businesses? Um, probably the easiest way is to go to secondandseat.com. Um, my email uh, is directly linked to that. Honestly, I look for people that just want to do better and be better. So if that's somebody you're looking for and wanting to talk to, collaborate with, definitely reach out to me. And thank you so much for having me on the show. It was super fun. Yes, you're so welcome. I'm I'm super excited to be collaborating with more boss babes in the industry. And I'm sure that this is the first of many um, points of collaboration that we will have. So thank you again for sharing your time with me. And for those of you guys who are tuning in with us, thank you so much for being a part of this incredible community. And when you like and share content just like this one with your friends and your family or your community, you are a part of helping us move the needle. We have impacted hundreds of millions of people's lives with this kind of information um, and literally are moving the needle for legalization because you like and share content just like this. So I just want to express my gratitude to you guys for being a part of our community. Uh, Wherever you are in the world right now, we, we love you, we appreciate you, and everything that we do is to help empower you with the truth about cannabis and hemp so that you can make educated decisions about how you want to care for yourself, the people that you love, conditions you may be suffering from, or otherwise care for this beautiful gift of life that we get to enjoy. If you're someone looking for products you can trust, check us out at medicalsecrets.com for our favorite picks. And if you're a budding entrepreneur or an established business looking for solutions like merchant processing, manufacturing, stable supply chain, compliance, or distribution, check us out at theemeraldcircle.com. We are happy to help get you connected to the resources and relationships you need to blow past the brick walls and glass ceilings that are everywhere in this fun, challenging, and a very exciting industry. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Sonia Gomez, and this is The Hemp Revolution. We'll see you on our next show, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode. We took notes on this episode for you, along with all the links and resources mentioned in the episode. Get them free on the show notes page here at www.medicalsecrets.com. If you love this show and our content, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you really want to help us get the message out there, please rate, review, and tell all your friends. With your help, we can continue to reach the world with our message. And until next time, we hope you join the hemp revolution. And we challenge you to dream big and love the life you live.